If you are out of town, but still rep the brown, this is the show for you. Welcome to the Far Away Friars Podcast, available on Spotify or wherever you are listening. Now, here's Beso and Omar. Woo! The Padres just finished their second sweep in a row, and as of recording tonight, they swept the Dodgers. How are you feeling, Omar? I'm feeling good. You know, uh, seven straight wins. Uh, we uh, absolutely crushed the Dodgers. They're now the worst team in California, obviously. But we did good. It would be hard to find a Padre fan that doesn't have a big old smile on their face after sweeping the Dodgers and, and thinking about how salty the Dodger tears uh, taste right now to them to lose three straight games to the Padres. The Padres are now a half game back in the standings to the Dodgers, still over four games back to the Giants because they won an extra innings tonight against the Angels. But the Padres are on a great streak here. And it was like we talked about last time. We knew this team was going to turn it around eventually. They were they were just in a little bit of a funk, I want to say. And I've seen a ton of improvement, of course, over the last week. And I know you have as well. If I remember correctly, our predictions, uh, I said we were going to win both series, <laughs> but not sweep. You said we we're going to beat the Reds, but not the Dodgers, I believe. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think that's what you said. No, you said we were going. the Padres were going to go three and four. Yeah, I, I said we weren't going to beat the we weren't going to sweep the Reds. That's what I said. You said the Padres were going to go two and two against the Reds, and then one and two against the Dodgers. Really? Oh, okay. That was that was your okay. prediction. My prediction was the Padres would get uh, three wins by beating the Dodgers two out of three, but only winning one out of four against the Reds. We were both wrong. <laughs> we were both very wrong. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> but at the beginning of that red series i got i got pretty worried let me let me frame the picture because it was the first game of the red series what was that uh that's a thursday so thursday night i'm getting home from work and i turn on the game and i think it's the sixth inning and i put the volume up and that's what's important here and i didn't know that the Padres are at full capacity and Fernando Tatis does come up to bat and he hits a bomb on the first at bat that I'm seeing on, on this game and the crowd just goes crazy and I get some goosebumps there and I look around and obviously it's the first game of full capacity. Peck goes going mad. The Padres would go on to get another run via Homer and it's just like, okay, it feels so great. Padres are back home. It's a sellout crowd. Nothing can go wrong. Uh, but then the Reds would go on to score four runs in the ninth inning to blow the save opportunity for Mark Melanson. He didn't have a good outing there. And, of course, the Padres had just come off of getting swept by the Rockies. So immediately, doom and gloom came back. And I thought it was all over. But the Padres came back. Uh, Hosmer got a two-run homer. I believe Cronenworth got on before that so that there were two on. And then it was topped off by Victor Carantini getting a homer, a walk-off homer to win the Padres the game in game one there, six to four. 
How do you feel about that comeback? I feel like it obviously just flipped everything for the Padres. They've been lights out ever since. It obviously has. Um, yeah, just everything about it. It was literally uh, similar to our 7-1 comeback against the Dodgers. Just after the after we had that. We, we I mean, we did good that series already. But once we had that, we were just like, okay, now we're going to get really good. And with just just the vibes of it all. Um, so funny enough, uh, speaking of doom and gloom, I'm uh, looking back at our chat logs. Oh, on yeah. Discord, and, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, I believe uh, the the inning was over, and I was watching. I think Hosmer was up up at bat, and I texted I D uh, K if we can come back. He hit the home run <laughs> after I sent that, <laughs> and then I texted. You know, what? I should complain more often. <laughs> that was a crazy last inning to watch. Probably one of the craziest I've ever seen. That that game was a uh, a pretty modern classic for the Padres 2021 season so far. I see we're also talking about Shohei Otani, who is pitching and hitting again today as of recording on the 23rd. I don't know if he had a home run today. I didn't check that website they have for him. That's a that's a side tangent for another day. They have a website for yeah the, you know that that's a side tangent. Yeah. Let's not get into that. <laughs> the Padres are going to win a uh, game two eight to two. Uh, the Padres had runs in the first four innings. You know, they had five runs in the first four innings, at least one run in each inning. And that's something that I noticed right away was that in those series as previous against the Mets, against the Cubs, even against the Rockies, the Padres would either be digging themselves out of holes late in the game or they would be in these like little uh, stalemates until the starting pitcher left. And, you know, a lot of that's Degrom, <laughs> but Jacob fucking Degrom, <laughs> right? The Padres being able to score in the early innings, I think you mentioned it when we were talking about it earlier, has given our own pitchers confidence, and then it's you know it's kind of made everything a little bit more comfortable for having bigger hitting games. Yeah, the run support has really helped us, uh, especially. Uh, not just in this current series, but in the last series, and you know, just in general, uh, you know, it it helps our starting pitcher just become a lot more confident. Like, oh, hey, even if I give up a, like a solo shot, you know, hey, I still got a lot of defense behind me. Yeah, I I'm definitely with you there. Game three, the Padres had sort of a bullpen day where they went with um, Miguel Diaz. Right? Wasn't he the opener? And then they had various Sorry. innings from uh, Daniel Camarena, uh, Nabil Chrismat, and, you know, of course it was topped off by Mark Melanson in a save situation there. And lastly, game four in the home camos on Sunday, the Padres held on with a three-run lead that they got in the third inning. That was enough to, to get them through the game. I, I tuned in right as um, Will Myers hit that little league home run. Uh, I was at, uh, so that was on Father's Day, right? Yeah. I was at my, yeah. at my dad's place, and uh, we had just finished watching a movie, so I was like, okay, I'm going to put on the, the Padres game, if you don't mind. Turn, uh, turn it on. He uh, he hits that, and immediately I'm already buzzing, because, you know, he hits a, uh, like a uh, in little league home run. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad, he's just looking at me like, Wow, okay. 
Lamette, Lamette pitched a great game there as well on Sunday. He didn't give up any earned runs. The Reds didn't score until the eighth inning there. That was a nice capper. And, you know, after the Padres had won three in a row, I, I was sure that we would lose on Father's Day. For whatever reason, I thought the Padres don't have a great record on Sundays uh, in the Camos. Like, that's just a feeling I have from watching them for so many years. But I was I was glad to see that. And then the Padres just uh, come out swinging against the Doyers. Those Doyers. Those Doyers. And there are a few players we have to mention. Um, I don't follow hockey too much, but in hockey they give like three stars where, you know, these are the three best things about the series. We have three players we want to highlight at least in, in the Doyer series. Shout out uh, Kim for his uh, pinch hit home run and, you know, stepping up when Tatis uh, was day-to-day uh, this week as well. He's had two home runs against the Dodgers, or one was against the Reds, one, one was against one, the Dodgers? One was against the Reds, one was against yeah. the Dodgers. But it's been great to see him. Of course, we have to talk about the Cronin zone. He had the Crone zone. Did I, did I say that wrong? It's just, I, I usually hear Crone zone. Although Cronin zone is technically also correct. Cronin zone sounds like a biology joke against chromosomes or some type of product at Pizza Hut because they used to have the Pizone. So I'll go with Cronzone. Tell me about Cronenworth. Okay. So my man Cronenworth, right? He did pretty good in the Red Series, but during this series, he really popped off. Uh, He started off with a RBI double. You know, pretty good. Uh, Later in the game, he hit a home run, uh, which helped us Basically, I start win the first game, 62. Uh, the second game, it was a two RBI. I think I'm saying that right. Home run because Fam was on the plate because he got a walk. Good job, Fam. Uh, and then this game, he had a solo shot, doing pretty well for himself, I'd imagine. Get, uh, this is the first time he's home run. He's home run. He's homered in three consecutive games in his career. And of course, uh, the announcers came up with the. Welcome to the Crone Zone. You're still in the Crone Zone, sort of thing. And uh, uh, that's been around for a while, uh, I think. I'm yeah. noticing the the announcers though use it now. Yeah, I'm not sure if the announcers were using it before. Yeah, but but yeah, uh, the Dodgers are stuck in the Crone Zone. Uh, there's no turning back. Sorry. Yeah, he's been he's been amazing. He had a home run to open the game against Trevor Bauer today. Cronenworth, of course. They played more games this year than last year already. 75 games compared to 54 games in last season. Cronenworth played specifically. He only had four home runs all of last year, but he already has 10 this year. I'm not expecting him to ever turn into a power hitter, but you know, if he can hit 20 home runs a year, that's pretty good for some guy like that, you know? And he's a very, he's a very solid hitter. I yeah, feel. he has a very good average. He hit 285 last year. He's at 281 as of recording right now. It, he's a very consistent hitter, and it's great that he has more pop to his bat this year. I think in general, we just have some very good all-around players. You know, uh, people like Cronenworth, people like Tatis, people like Grisham, who, you know, can just do, you know, the whole, like, five tools thing, uh, just a little bit of everything. And, you know, that's really good, especially when... They get really hot. It's just, you know, 
wild to watch him play. Yeah, the Padres don't have guys that are just like just home run hitters at this moment. They don't have guys that are just speed guys either. They tell everybody to run. The Padres ended up kind of getting rid of a lot of their guys that were just kind of like they just do one thing. One of uh, the fan favorites was Franimal, um, Fran Mil Reyes a few years ago before the Padres got good. And he's known for being a home run hitter. I believe he's on Cleveland right now. He doesn't hit for a great average. And he's a good example of a player the Padres used to, you know, have a lot of guys like that that could do one thing really well. But now you have guys that, like you mentioned, can do pretty much everything pretty well. Defense, hitting for average, getting some pop off the bat, getting on base, and it it all adds up. Cronenworth had the opening home run against Trevor Bauer. Manny Machado had the second home run against Trevor Bauer. Manny Machado possibly still Trevor Bauer's daddy, as we've seen today. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. I think he still is. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bauer's lucky Tatis kind of was on a cold spell of the series because, you know, <laughs> I mean... And he's going to bitch anyways in his vlog, which I'm going to be happy to watch. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he has to say about, you know, the Padres. It, it's good to be on the other side of it. I, I do love seeing how animated he is. There was a a clip going around. Musgrove was pitching against Bauer tonight, and yeah. Musgrove loses his bat during the at-bat where he's going against Bauer. You know, Musgrove is like, ah, oh, shucks, sort of look. and Bauer looks at him kind of like deadpan and he, he grabs the rosin bag and he's like, hey, you want this? <laughs> and, and in the current MLB climate where they're so upset about anything being on your hands, it's just that's a that's a funny gesture. And, you know, Musgrove was laughing about it. He gets a new bat and he's still laughing about it. And, you know, Bauer is good for baseball. He's on the Dodgers, yeah, I, but he's good for baseball. I've said it before. He might be a Dodger player, but he's a, he's a goofball. Yeah. And, I, you know. I had to love that sort of thing. Yeah. Going back to uh, the guy who hit the second home run off of Bauer tonight, Manny Machado was great this series against the Dodgers. He's very animated. I know how much he loves beating the Dodgers, but most of his highlights were on defense recently. He had a great play to cap the series, to end the series tonight. That was a play that Manny caught a line drive, then uh, picked off the runner that was on second, trying to get to the bag in a bang-bang sort of play. And it was, you know, great to watch. Manny had a second, he had a bunch of plays where he was in right field again this series, and he's throwing out guys at first. And it's almost unfair. And you're like, well, why don't they just hit a third? But that's just the way, that's just the way they're, uh, the the shift is working, you know. They know these things mathematically are more bound to happen, and they put Manny in this spot, and he's he's perfectly executing them. He had a great play you brought up earlier, where he helped with a double play that was really hard to turn uh, to keep the Dodgers from scoring too many runs in last night's game on Tuesday. Uh, what are your thoughts on Manny's defense? Gold glove, at least you know. At least come on, I, you know uh, what's his face? The the guy in the Cardinals. I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> Nolan Arenado, right? He's good, right? But Manny's just been 
you know, this year his defensive work has been pretty solid. On the on his on the shift to right field, I remember the first time I saw that, I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing over there? <laughs> You're at third base. Why the fuck are you?" At- <laughs> and I saw that, uh, but you know, as the season goes on, I'm I'm starting to warm up a little bit to it because <laughs> I mean it's effective. You know, he yeah. makes those plays out there. Uh, today uh, and w- during the Red Series, he almost made. Like a crazy diving play out there in right field, you know. What uh, the announcers were saying, I think what Mud was saying was that he wants to see a play from Manny he hasn't seen yet. He wants to see a play where they have Manny in right field a little bit deeper. And he he's been he's he's caught you know fly balls before, but they want to see a play where Manny uh, is chasing down a fly ball and makes a catch. Uh, over the fence in right field <laughs> just to like cap it off i i did see the play where he he's diving towards the warning tracks so that one was pretty deep he just missed it but it was a great you know effort play 100 percent hustle there for manny machado yeah hustle oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah defensively this series he was great offensively he was pretty good he got two home runs uh one in the first game and one today, obviously. Yeah, and again, he loves beating the Dodgers. I, I know exactly why, and he's sort of channeling uh, what Padre fans feel right now. There, There is a, a GIF, I, a video I posted on our little thing here of a Padre fan celebrating a little bit too much <laughs> during a Cronenworth homer, and I, I, I thought you should see that one. After the home run, he looks at a Dodger fan, he goes for the high five, and then he immediately turns his hand to flip the Dodger fan off. I'm like, I love the enthusiasm, but stay classy, guy. Hold on, let me see this. I I saw this, but I didn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) He sells the high five. He totally sells it. And then, no. I can't deny it. That's, that, that's something I do. I can't deny it. Uh, stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy. Stay classy. The Padres, of course, have won seven in a row now. They beat the Dodgers three straight. It's the first sweep of LA since 2013. It just feels amazing again. The Padres take on the Diamondbacks their next series. And you gotta hope the Padres do well against the Diamondbacks. You feel a little bit bad for the Diamondbacks, but let's let's get this streak to ten. You know, knock on wood. We lost. Uh, we got swept by the Rockies, and so you know it's not impossible to get swept by the Diamondbacks. But I say let's go get ten. the The Reds were on a six game winning streak, and we swept them for the Dodgers. Of course, have been great, uh, and we swept them three. These are three more home games for the Padres. Let's sweep the Diamondbacks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we want we want ten. Give us give us the Diamondbacks. Give us blood here, and you know let's get back into this uh, NL West division race here a little bit closer. I did see a stat that the NL West has the best uh, run differential, the top three in the NL West, by a far margin over any other division in baseball. In other words, the NLS teams, the top teams, are just beating up on everybody else at a rate that's much higher than any other division. 
Wild Wild West. Now, of course, while the Padres have been amazing, that hasn't been the only story in baseball. If you've been following baseball for any other team or following any other games at all, you know exactly what's been going on. Even if you've just been following the Padres, uh, you've seen the umpires come in and occasionally check uh, the pitchers, whether it's the hat they're checking, whether it's the sleeves, the arms, the glove, of course, is a big one. And there were a few incidents uh, of players that became pretty viral where the pitches were pretty upset. Yeah, so top, bottom, whatever fucking inning, uh, Scherzer's pitching. Now, as a coach, you are allowed to ask for a check from the umpires mm-hmm. to the pitcher during the middle inning, which makes sense. Uh, so, uh, Joe Girardi, that's his name, right? Yeah, Joe Girardi, former Yankee manager, now he's the Phillies manager. Yeah, that guy. He asked for a check on Scherzer. Now, Scherzer's like, um, okay, just fucking check me, alright, that's fine. Um, I don't remember if there's one or two checks. I believe, I believe this would be the third check of the game in the fourth inning. Yeah. Okay, so... Basically, when he gets checked again during the fourth inning, uh, Scherzer gets all pissed about it. He goes, you know, mad bum, Kershaw style of like, I'm pissed, fuck you, that old pitcher seemed to have. Uh, he takes off his hat, he throws it on, and he's, he goes to undo his belt. Because umpires have been checking belts as well. Uh, we saw it with DeGrom. Uh, we'll talk about another incident with Sergio Romero in a bit. But yeah, he ta- he's about to take off his pants, you know, just <laughs> as a show. It's it's just like it, it, it's funny to watch, but it's also kind of a sign of like, is it really necessary? You know, all these checks. Yeah, like go. I, I, you're you're checking them at the end of the inning, you know. So like, why you got to check them so much during the middle of the inning as is? I I saw on Reddit during one of these. Uh... There was a scene from a movie called The Naked Gun in the uh, 90s. It, it was a movie that baseball in the backdrop. Uh, Leslie Niel- Nielsen, very famous actor, was in the movie where he plays an umpire. Basically, uh, go go and watch that, but he pats down both players because in the movie, uh, he's suspecting that there's a bomb somewhere in the stadium. And he's trying to figure out, while being undercover as an umpire, where the bomb is, because there's some sort of celebrity that he's trying to protect, of course, as he's a policeman. And so he pats down these guys, the catcher and batter up here. And that's what it's reminding people of, because the MLB is kind of acting, their umpires are kind of acting like TSA agents before you go on an airplane. You know, they're they're patting you down. They might as well have wands that check for substances. (laughs) Maybe they need maybe they need drug dogs. I don't know, man. It just looks ridiculous. I'm seeing it right now. Okay, I, I get you know checking the batter all that, but then he goes behind the catcher and just like <laughs> checking them as well. <laughs> uh, dear lord. But honestly, yeah, that that's kind of how it is. You literally having to be TSA agents because God forbid you have sweat and rosin and sunscreen on your hand. Oh no, you're doctoring the ball. Uh, this fucking league. Like again, I I do get it, but they're the way they're implementing it is so abrupt, and it just makes the league look very weird in comparison. 
you know, because no other leagues, this sort of thing happens. You know, the NBA playoffs are going right, on right now, and I'm watching the NBA. They're not checking if these guys have sticky stuff on their shorts. There's nobody, there's nobody checking these guys during the middle of games. <laughs> Imagine that needing sticky stuff to be able to handle a basketball. Well, it's a rebound like, or something. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna even try to challenge that. <laughs> Top, bottom, whatever fucking inning. Uh, Sergio Romero, Romero, Romo. I'm thinking of the goalie. Yeah, it's, the, it's Romo. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio Romo gets checked. Uh, and similar situation to the Scherzer insert, you know, he takes off his hat, goes to undo his belt, but, uh, my man is a man of action. So he actually undoes his belt and takes off his pants in front of the umpire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, as far as I'm aware, he didn't get, uh, punished or anything, but still, the fucking balls on this guy. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things I was kind of debating it with you, where, you know, he... Go to that Google Doc. I have some clips there uh, from an article, just like written clips, and they were they were discussing essentially the morality of an MLB broadcast showing something like what happened with Sergio Romo, because all of a sudden, you know, Bally Sports San Diego is like, oh, they're checking the pitcher. Do we need to turn away because he's going to take his pants off in front of the in front of the whole game, like? But at the same time, they're checking Jacob DeGrom's belt. So now these pitchers are like, ironically, but also unironically, like taking their pants off because they're like, what, you want to you want to see this? You want to see what's under there? You want to see my jock strap? Like, it's just ridiculous, man. So so I'm told uh, I saw somewhere on Twitter, I believe that Trevor Bauer Mm -hmm. had something planned uh, after the first inning uh, when he was supposed to be checked during this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, He didn't do it. Because at that point he had been homered off of twice, probably wasn't in the mood. But I'm I'm just curious what he would have done. You know? He did not look very happy at any yeah. point during this game. <laughs> I can't blame him. Like like I said, his vlog is going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, I I say it just he would have took it off the whole uniform. You know, Joe Kelly of the Dodgers out. had mentioned, "Oh, you want to check my goggles too?" You know. <laughs> Because he wears these big old goggles, of course. Imagine wearing them, you know, and you just put some sticky stuff behind the lens. Fucking like <laughs> before the before and the before a nap bat, you just like take them off, grab some of the sticky stuff real quick. Just like okay, okay, no one saw that. I I just think it's ridiculous. My question was, you know, they check Scherzer by the fourth inning three times, and you know, a lot of starting pitchers only go about five innings. If you're not having a good game, you might only go four-ish. My question is, how many times is too many times to check for a pitcher? I say... Okay, it depends if this becomes, like, a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see after the whole CBA deal, you know, whether six stuff does stick around, haha, or, you know, something happens with it. Uh, but if they keep this... Uh, you might as well just structure it the same way you do, like, made, like mound visits or like re- uh, replay ch- replay challenges. Mm-hmm. Just like you should have a limited amount, uh, or at the very least, you should only be able to check during the middle of the inning once during the whole game. I feel because I mean they're checking them after the end of the inning, anyways. You know. Yeah. So I think it's a bit redundant to check them during the middle of an inning. 
But if they're gonna go, if they're gonna allow them to do it anyway, I feel like you should only be allowed to do it once. Because why the fuck would you do it any more times after that? You know. I, I almost feel like if you're gonna do this, go all the way with it, and have like a special ump that the MLB hires, just sitting in the dugout of each team in the game, and before the guy goes out for each inning. Just do a little thing, like like I said, a TSA pat down. Like, oh, you're pitching this inning? Okay, let me look. Okay, you're good. I think that would kind of normalize it, streamline it, and then there would be nothing on the actual field. You know, like the guy's walking out of the dugout. He just says, okay, you didn't put anything on there? Okay, we're good. You know? that That's how I would handle it if I was Manfred. I know he doesn't want to do that because that would require hiring two more umpires or special kind of like sticky stuff inspectors per per game and i know the mlb doesn't have money for that because they don't have money to pay their minor league pitchers and minor league players so i know the mlb can't afford that but that's how i would do it personally i think i think personally what you said is a good compromise but i I personally don't think they should ever check a guy in the middle of an inning. Like, I feel like that gives, uh, like they were saying, that gave Girardi a way to kind of mess with him. Uh, Scherzer, Girardi on the Phillies, you can kind of ice the pitcher by doing that. And Girardi was like, oh, but I saw something in his hair. He kept touching his hair. I really think that shouldn't be something where you can kind of try to mess with the flow of the game like that. Uh, the thing with checking before the uh, before inning though is that if they do have something, mm-hmm. or at least the umpire thinks they have something, then like uh, the the argument I saw was if you suspend them, then the pitcher can argue I never pitched, I technically never pitched with the sticky stuff, you know, because I was suspended before it happened, you know. So that's why I understand. That's why I think they're doing it after. So you know, if they did it, then you at least have proof that oh they did actually throw a ball with sticky stuff, you know. But I, I do understand that. So you're going to get less people suspended. I do understand that. But what's the end goal for the MLB? Is it to suspend their pitchers? Or is it to make sure sticky stuff isn't getting in the game in the first place? Like what happens Like what happens if like one of those things here I have on, the, on this here is that closers get checked before the game, uh, before they enter, because they don't want it to mess with the result of a game. That makes sense. They don't want the game to end and then the uh, ump to go, oh, well, he had sticky stuff, right? What if a guy comes in in like the seventh inning, you know, knock on wood, like a guy like Tim Hill comes in and he just throws nine pitches. They're all strikes. He gets three guys out and he, you know, he gets whatever jam he gets the team out of. And then they come out and they say, oh, well, he had sticky stuff. Yeah, Tim Hill gets suspended for 10 games. But does that really solve the problem? Because that team that he did that to would have, you know, still lost those three outs. That team, you know, got the Padres would have gotten bailed out of a really tough situation, a very sticky situation. I don't think that actually helps at the end of the day. I'd rather have it that less players were suspended and they just knew that the players didn't have sticky stuff when they went in. 
look, look, we're saying this like MLB knows what they're doing. Let's be honest or not. I think MLB, it's very obvious from the way they're implementing it. They're doing it in a way so that it's as um, visual as possible. Like, hey, look, we're doing this. I have a uh, quote here from this ESPN article that says, in putting the plan together, we tried to come up with a plan that was unobtrusive as possible, given the practicalities of the game and the need to move the game along. And that sounds like it came straight from Manfred. But it's also, to me, they chose the most obtrusive way as possible to be like, hey, look, we're trying. You know, we're trying to get rid of these guys. And they're trying to make somebody like a Trevor Bauer out to be the bad guy. They're trying to make some of these pitchers as the escape goat and be like, look, we got the one guy that had sticky stuff. We did the thing you wanted. Are we okay now? News media? Like that doesn't that's not how you do it. In my opinion. I feel like I feel like in this this whole fucking scenario, no one's really the bad guy, you know. But I think in, but at the same time, MLB is not exactly the good guy. Neither are the pitchers, but I argued I'm more in favor of them than I am in favor of MLB cuz you know they're they're more willing to throw their players under the bus than actually do something about it. Yeah, like like I said, I feel like the MLB is just trying to get rid of this problem, and they're trying to see who will go down for it. They're not a hundred percent sure what they're gonna be able to get from it, but I think they're just trying to like make it go away. And I don't think is right. But the pitchers, like you said, they were cheating technically, so I guess that's not right either. But I wonder how this is going to affect the future of pitching because if these guys can't use the sticky stuff going forward, then where are they going to find their edge? And what's the next thing going to be? Currently, as of two days ago, that's the most recent uh, voting that I could check, the Padres would only have one all-star starter in the game, Fernando Tatis Jr. So if you want to see somebody like Cronenworth or Manny or Darvish in the All-Star game as a starter, go and vote for him. Uh, of course, they need your support. Uh, it was so glad. I was so glad to see the Padres have so much support over this uh, home streak, and I hope they keep the sellout streak going in Petco Park. Who should we vote for for the All-Star game in the American League? In the American League? Yeah. Uh, Who are you in for? Let me... Let me review the candidates. Wait, I think I said Well, that. everybody's a candidate. It's just who's winning right now, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Looks like, uh, for instance, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is leading uh, the first baseman for the American League with 49% of the vote. That's He has 49% of the vote over every other first baseman in the American League that's eligible. If I had to choose three, three people you should definitely go for. Mm-hmm. Vladdy Jr. Obviously. Joey Otani. Obviously. And hmm. uh, let's say Marcus Simeon. He's been doing pretty good. Forgive me. Who does Marcus Simeon play for? Uh, the Blue Jays. Okay. He was the AL Player of the Month for I'm, the month of May. I'm not sure if you saw it, but they, they showed a 
stat where they compared Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, to his dad. They showed the stats through the first uh, 200 games, I believe, something like that. Whatever amount of games the junior has played. And they were eerily identical. Like, I think uh, Junior actually beats him out in some of the advanced stats. I think that's an amazing story. Of course, the Padres have uh, Tatis, where his father played in the majors for a long time as well. So you're seeing some very good stories of baseball families. Shohei Otani, of course, Mr. Uh, Dual Threat, Mr. Homer, and Strikeout. I would love to see him in the All-Star game as the number one starting pitcher for the American League. Yeah. Him, him versus most likely DeGrom, but him versus DeGrom. <laughs> yeah. That, that'll be, that, that's good baseball right there. That is good baseball. I'm going to, instead of Simeon, my third pick would be a little-known player. Uh, my bias might show for the American League in uh, Cedric Mullins. He's been doing good. He plays for the yeah. Orioles. Um, and he is, I believe he was anyway, a few games ago, the leading hitter, like in just hits in American league in the American league. Like he's, you know, not a Homer guy, but he hits a lot of singles and doubles. And I would like him, uh, to somehow become one of the starters. He's number nine on the list of AL all-star, uh, outfielders. But that's kind of skewed because, of course, you have Trout and Judge. They're leading the way. But, for instance, the number three guy, and I believe the top three are all starters. There's three outfield positions. Only has 7% of the vote. And he's down there at number nine with 4%. So that's only a 3% difference there. He could still hop in there. I don't think he will. But I think he'll end up being the Orioles' representative. Uh, It's a bad season for them, so it'll be their only representative, most likely, nonetheless. I have a bit of a controversial opinion. I don't think mm-hmm. Trout should play. I don't think he should be counted as an all-star because he's been injured mm. for a good chunk of the season so far. Uh, and you see like uh, the list of all these players. I mean, Byron Buxton has been playing out of his mind recently. Yeah. Aldous Garcia has been doing good. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Judge has been pretty well uh he's a yankee so i'm gonna hate on him but he's made he's done some good stuff obviously you know people like cedric mullins or uh toscar hernandez michael brantley oscar too yeah yeah i just feel like trout this year does he really you know the thing is all-star games are always going to be fan favorite things yeah unfortunately in every sport you know basketball there's always some picks that um people are confused about because the guy might not be playing much, might not even be playing at a decent level, and he'll get a ton of all-star votes. In baseball, it's the same way. It's a popularity contest. These things don't matter, you know, especially now. I know in baseball, I had that weird thing where, like, for a while, whoever won the all-star game, the World Series game, game one would be in that league's uh, home park. Yeah, that was wonderfully dumb. <laughs> but, you know, I... I think it's it's not something that I agree with, but it's like I, I get that they're just um, popularity contests. Yeah, and I, I guess right. I would I would agree with you. There should be some sort of they have to play this many games, this percentage of the amount of games by the All Star game to be nominated. 
And I, I think Trout would miss would miss that mark. But I'm sure at the same time, he's not going to be like the worst guy that's been nominated just for popularity's sake. Who's your top three in the NL? Non-Padres? Uh, you could include Padres. Well, that's not fair, because I, I would definitely choose Darvish and Tatis for sure right off the bat. Let's say, okay, okay, then let's say uh, non-Padres. Let's be fair. Non-Padres. Okay. One guy I would have to go with. Let me let me see here. This is weird. Do they have pitchers as starters yeah. for the All-Star game? Okay. Uh, they don't show them here. Okay. I don't know how it works for the All-Star, like, the voting. Can you vote on pitchers? I'm not sure either. Let Let's just go. stick with position players. Okay, because one, uh, one guy I was going to bring up was a pitcher in um, Kevin Gossman. He's been amazing Ooh, for, the, for the Giants. Let me see here. Three guys that I would be pulling for in the National League. Can't be any Dodgers. Okay, Ozzy Albies. I like him as a player. Nick Castellanos on the Reds. My third one, I feel like, would be Juan Soto for the Nationals. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too big on him, though. Like, I feel like that's a stretch. Like, there might be somebody better. It might, like, this season, I feel like there's been better outfielders. Yeah. Uh, so, for me, uh, not including Padre players. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Tatis would be on the top of this list. But, yeah. Uh, Ronald Acuna. Of course. Okay. You're going to hate me. Maybe. Max Muncy. Yeah, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me a little bit more because I want to be. I want to be different from you, but also I feel like he kind of deserves it. Buster Posey. Okay, I I was almost thinking of Yadi, you know, Yadi or Molina. He's so good, but I feel like Buster Posey has been really on a high level this year. Okay. You know, him and the Giants in general, obviously. Of course, the Giants. Yadi would be more of almost like a popularity, like a a veteran. Old guy pick for me, but Posey yeah. has both the fact that he has that, but then he's also on a team that's been kicking ass, unfortunately for the Padres. But yeah, I, I could definitely under I could definitely understand that. But we'll see. Hopefully, the Padres get you know some more voting uh, for some of these other players. Want to see Cronenworth in there? Definitely deserves it. Out of any anybody else on the Padres, I feel like Cronenworth should get an All Star vote. I don't think he's going to ever beat out uh, Albies for second base. I don't think Manny's ever going to beat out uh, Bryant for third base. So I think they might be stuck with just Tatis in the in the infield there. Mm-hmm. We're filling up the stadium. We got to get more votes, guys. Don't forget to vote. You can vote every day. Rock the vote. Anyway, um, I've had a good week. I hope you've had a good week as well, Omar. Is there anything else you'd like uh, to let everyone know? Uh, like we just mentioned, go and vote for the Padres. In fact, I'm probably going to go vote right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Make sure you all are taking care of yourselves. Make sure you get vaccinated. Okay. If you want to go to a Padres game and be safe and comfortable, probably get vaccinated. Pro- yeah, probably a good idea. They, they were packing the park in the park today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I'm good. Take us home. <laughs> Whether you're San Diego at home or San Diego at heart, 
Thank you for being with us from the start. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Far Away Friars podcast. See you soon.